Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. something so many people struggle with. They compromise due to busyness and almost celebrate the lack of. And yet sleep is the thing that enables us to perform at a high standard. So I am super excited to be here with Olivia Arizolo, who is Australia's leading sleep expert to talk about sleep. Welcome, Olivia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here and sharing time and space. And I would call it a gradio experience. <laughs> Absolutely. So for anyone who's uh, listening, so just before we hit record, I was, you know, fluffing about, you know, filling up my water bottle, getting my tea. And I'm like, gradio, we're, we're ready to go. And I, and I go, gradio, I, I don't know what gradio is, but it's, it's, it's happening, gradio. You've invented a new word, so we're going to run Fantastic. with it. Fantastic. <laughs> now, just to give our listeners just a little bit of insight about you. So you have been featured on Forbes, The Today Show and The Morning Show and partnered with global brands, including Silly Prostopedic prostopedic and Ikea. And you've got your own column in um, the leading publication in Australia, Body and Soul. And you've recently released your book, Bear, Lion or Wolf, which is now published in 10 countries. Yay. And we're going to chat about that today. So first of all, I'd love to ask you, because the essence of this podcast is called Making It Count. So what is one thing that you're doing to make it count in your world? I feel like making it count is about making every day count and not always thinking about the future, which I have definitely as a very A-type driven, forward-focused individual have often found myself in the grips of doing. So making it count for me is making space for walking every day. I know it sounds like such a simple thing and such like, okay, cool, it's just walking, but it's actually my favorite activity. And when I allow myself to be too busy, that I don't have space for a walk, that is not making it count because then I forget to enjoy the day. Like, I don't want anything complicated. I just want to go for a walk. And so making it count for me is about making making the day special. And for me, that means making sure I, I go for my walk and make that a priority rather than saying yes to all the opportunities and, you know, bunkering down in my, in my laptop for, you know, 10 hours at a time. That that is not making it count, but making it count is going for adequate walks. Yes, I love that. I love my walking too. It's really something I do for mental health. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I'm really, really curious about how you got into being a sleep expert. I was really unwell in my teens. I had depression, major depression. I was suicidal, anorexia. I was hospitalized for anorexia. So really rough time. And through that, I had to have a lot of support to get better, which I did, which is great. 
I knew that I wanted to help other people. I wanted to be that support person for others so they could experience the same transformation as I did. I knew that in addition to my own experience, I needed qualifications so I could help people. So I studied a Bachelor of Social Science Psychology, a Certificate of Sleep Psychology, a Diploma of Health Science Nutritional Medicine, and a Certificate 3 and 4 in Fitness because I knew I wanted to help people in like with holistic health, but I didn't know exactly what that was or what that looked like. But I just thought, you know, if I have the underpinnings of psychology, sleep, nutrition, and fitness, I'll be able to help with lots of things. So I started coaching. I did, you know, some mindset, some, you know, stress, and then I had some sleep clients. And I got really good results really fast. So I started speaking to other people about it and I realized that everyone was struggling and no one was doing anything about it. So I felt that there was a real need for a person to be a leading expert in the space and there wasn't anyone filling those shoes in Australia. So I decided to specialize my work in the area and, you know, did really like dove deep into research and then, you know, started getting more sleep clients. They more come to me. Then my brands started coming to me. You know, my first brand deal was um, Sealy Prostropedic as a media ambassador. And then my second one was Ikea. So after those two brand deals and by this time, like I was having lots of sleep clients. So I was just like, okay, I think I've found my calling. And it's just really been an evolution since then. And yeah, I think last year I wrote my book. This year I've just designed an online program called Sleep School. There've been lots of beautiful partnerships since. And yeah, as you mentioned before, I have my own column in Body and Soul, which was always a big goal of mine growing up. So um, yeah, it's just been a nice evolution since. Oh, fantastic. And the smile on your face in terms of that you were wanting to help people and support people, it's like, it's it's quite obvious that this is like your, your purpose and your mission now. So that's awesome. Now you said that sleep is, is critical to our well-being and yet it's something that people compromise and they accept it. Like you said, it's like, well, I just don't sleep well. That's who I am. And like I said before, some people really celebrate it, particularly in the startup world, the entrepreneurial world, and even in corporate, it's like they celebrate, I'm the last one to turn the lights off, whatever that might be. So can you tell us why sleep is so important? And also, what are the key things or the key thing that prevents a good night's sleep? Before I answer that, can I just can I just say something? It's really interesting because Maybe it's because I've never worked in corporate, but I've never felt that way. Like, I don't get that, like, I have to stay up late to get more things done. If I'm tired, I'm just like, I'm tired. I register that I'm not doing good work. Or and even when, like, I'm out late, for example, if I'm tired, there's nothing in me that says to me, you know what, I just want to, like, have a coffee and stay out later. It's like I've always been this, like, sleep you know, devotee, sleep lover. It's my friends, my friends used to laugh at me because like we'd be, I, I, I kid you not, we'd be out at nightclubs and I would fall asleep on the couch sometime. <laughs> Everyone's like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, what? I'm tired. Yeah. Just 
bit tired. Sorry, just having a nap. But then sometimes <laughs> I'd, I'd have my nap and then I'm like, oh, I'm good to go again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yes, that's just my personal anecdote. So why sleep important? So you can look at the physical benefits. So 70% of human growth hormone, the key hormone to contribute to cellular repair, recuperation, and the key reason why we feel energized in the morning, 70% of that is produced in slow wave sleep. So that is exactly why when you don't sleep enough, you wake up and you feel really worn out. Your cells are genuinely worn out. They haven't had their repair process. Mentally, there's a increase in stress hormone cortisol when we don't sleep enough after just one night by 37%, which leaves us feeling anxious and unable to switch off. I'm sure many people with who aren't sleeping enough are familiar with that. And then on a cognitive level, you know, what happens with our brains is that we do not detoxify from a neurotoxin called beta amyloid, which is only cleared out in sleep. And over time, if this builds up in our brain, it contributes to a memory loss, brain fog, and long-term plaques of this neurotoxin can contribute to Alzheimer's disease. So pick, pick, your, uh, pick your reason. Is it for mental? Is it for physical? Is it for um, cognitive? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What is the key contributor, if you can choose one, as to why people don't sleep well? Light. Yeah, right. So you see this fancy light? Yeah. This is a – I'll put it over here. This is a blue light free light. Blue light is the main controller of our circadian rhythm. Our circadian rhythm controls our sleepiness hormone melatonin, which is what allows us to fall sleepy in the evening. So a lot of people feel that, you know, the number one reason might be stress or anxiety, but actually what controls our hormones is light and specifically blue light has been has been found to be particularly problematic for sleep and that is what suppresses our hormone melatonin and increases our stress hormone cortisol and makes us feel more alert, feel more awake. And if this is in the evening, this means it can be, you know, 10 p.m., 11 p.m. at night. But if, you're, if your body is exposed to blue light from ceiling lights, from devices, then your brain is being sent signals to suppress its sleepiness hormone, which means that you don't feel fatigued and to increase its cortisol hormone to make you feel more alert. Now, this traces back to thousands of years ago when we had no light outside and, you know, we lived in caves and we foraged all day. The reason the body knew it was time to rest was because of darkness. Now, just because we have artificial light now doesn't mean that our biology has evolved. And this is why we have this overwhelming problem with sleep is because we are constantly exposed to artificial light and especially devices that become more in our face, which means that your light just isn't on the other side of the room. Your light is literally like right here and it's shining into your eyes and it's your your brain is on fire. Yeah, it's right in your face. So 
so ceiling lights as well. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 all all light. It's just that devices because they have they're brighter and they're closer to our you know our faces then and our eyes then they typically have a stronger effect interesting does that include kindles yes it does okay interesting because a lot of people use the kindle to read at night i'm old-fashioned i read a book but um i have a light beside me which is not a blue light so um should I be wearing those blue glasses like would that help or yes sorry I was I was just going to pull out mine but I don't have them right next to me but yes you should you should be that's my number one strategy to block out blue light is to wear blue light glasses because the thing is that you might you know, keep off devices, but unless you are going to change or use only blue light free lights, and if you're in, if you live alone and you can have that capacity, you know, I live in a small studio and so, and I also have very, very good eyes. One blue, one blue light free light is enough for me in the evening. Like I don't like it to be too bright because it's enough for me. But the thing is that most of us live in households with other people and so you might take care of, you know, staying off a device, but then, you know, somebody else turns on a light or somebody else is watching TV. And the thing is that even if you, you use, for example, all blue light free lights, even just looking at your phone for a minute, it's like drinking a coffee for your brain and that's like at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I'm going to ask you the coffee question too soon. Is it about night mode? No, well, oh, because there is light, no, uh, light mode. Uh, sorry, night mode on the phone, isn't there? So a research paper has found that using night mode, there is still a nineteen percent suppression of melatonin. Without using night mode, there is a twenty three percent suppression of melatonin. That means using night mode makes a four percent difference, which is menial. And you're still going to be facing sleeping problems if that is your strategy to avoid avoid blue light and to, you know, to mediate device usage. Yeah. So then what are your steps for a good night's sleep? That would be my signature bedtime routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is my signature bedtime routine and 100% of my private clients have seen improvements in their sleep in less than seven days using this. And the first step is block out blue light. <laughs> exactly for the reasons mentioned. It's the main factor to control the circadian rhythm. So there is essentially nothing more important than to block out blue light for your best night's sleep. How long you need to do this before depends on your chronotype. That is the theme of my book. But for anyone who does know their chronotype, if you're a lion, you need to block it out for two hours. If you are a bear, three and a, two and a half hours. If you are a wolf, three hours. Wolves typically sleep the worst. So they need the most support. And on that note, if anyone wants to find their chronotype, I will leave in the show notes my chronotype quiz so you can find out and block out blue light to the appropriate level. Step two is to use lavender capsules. So lavender capsules have been found in a 2010 study to reduce anxiety by 45%. 
which is quite phenomenal. There are two brands I recommend and I can definitely share that with anyone who wants to ask me via um, email for sure. Step three is to use a goodnight phone alarm. That is an alarm that goes off one hour before bed, reminding you to disconnect from tech. Step four is to have a shower. The drop in your core body temperature as you emerge from a warm shower to a cooler bathroom helps produce melatonin, that sleepiness hormone that helps you fall and stay asleep. So it's actually the your drop in core body temperature is the um, is the cue for melatonin synthesis, which is the exact reason why you don't want to have um, late night exercise because that's heats up the core body temperature. Step five is to use a magnesium-based sleep supplement, which has been found in clinical trials to reduce anxiety by 40, 31%. And remember, anxiety can be felt as that inability to switch off or your thoughts on an endless loop. Step six is to read, and this can reduce stress by 68% in as little as six minutes, the effect starting. Of course, reading my book would be my recommendation. Yes, <laughs> 100%. Paper-based book. Paper-based book, no Kindle. And then step Seven is to use an eye mask to reduce that sleep-sabotaging blue light. Awesome. They're really great steps. I had no idea about the shower. Shower's good. Yeah, and it might sound like a lot of uh, information for your readers to um, digest, so I want them to know that I have a link to my signature bedtime routine in on my website it's a download I send it out to your emails so don't think you need to write down all of those steps I've done it all for you so you know in the show notes I'll leave a link to my website so you they can go and download it and you know make sure that they have that step-by-step guide yeah all the links that you're talking about will be there in the show notes We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. So let's talk about your book, which I absolutely love. I, I just, I, I find it really fascinating that you've identified the three sleep types and being the lion, the bear and the wolf. And of course, I'll put the lion first because I'm a lion and I know you're a lion as well. Um, but um, these make so much sense and understanding these could be the missing link to a good night's sleep for people. You just mentioned that before. So can you please, you know, share with us like the benefits of understanding these chronotypes? And as you said, we'll share the link for the survey and also the link so that people can buy the book. For sure. For sure. Thank you. Why do we need to know our chronotypes? So 
you know, the example I used before, you know, blocking out blue light, lions need to do it for two hours, wolves need to do it for three. So if you're a wolf, but you're blocking out blue light for two hours, you cannot be experiencing the sleep support and the sleep improved sleep as a result of blocking out blue light unless you do it for that long. So and so you, rather than just using general guides for best results and for best improvements in your sleep, what you want to do is use sleep strategies that are adapted to your chronotype. And this means timing recommendations are really fundamental, but also there's some strategies that are best for some, some chronotypes and some strategies that are best for others. That's reason number one. That's probably the most important reason because it essentially allows you to see better results in less time. And that's what we all want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with the 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 lion, the bear, and the wolf, like what 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 do you think are the key differences? Because I know the lion likes to get up or is more productive, say, in the morning. One of the key differences between the three chronotypes is their preference of wake time and sleep time. So a lion likes to get up early and go to bed early. So they like to be up before six and in bed before 10, ideally. A wolf, on the other hand, likes to get up around eight and goes likes to go to bed around 12 or even one o'clock in the morning. Definitely not a wolf, me. No. <laughs> no. Not by the sounds of it. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then a bear is in between those. So they like to rise around seven and go to bed around 11. Outside of that, there are key personality traits and productivity peaks that each chronotype sees, which is also another reason why it's really important to know yours, because then you can make sure that you allocate your key or your MITs, your most important tasks, to your peak productivity times. And so you get more done in less time. So for example, lions are most productive before midday. I recommend they schedule their most important tasks between 8 and 12 p.m. Bears, on the other hand, they're most productive between 10 and 2 p.m. So ideally use that window. And wolves are actually more, most productive between about 1 and 5 p.m potentially even later. So I know that not everyone can schedule their, you know, their days as they please, but I also know that from COVID there's there's a lot more flexibility in our working hours and our schedules than there used to be. So there is capacity to adapt our schedules a little bit more now. That's another key difference. Outside of that, there's also personality differences. Alliance are typically leadership types, very proactive, health-oriented, positive people, very analytical, strategic, forward-thinking, often known as good influence and, yeah, just good good role models. Bears, on the other hand, they're more of your the team players. They're group-centric. They are the, the cogs that make everything turn. They're reliable, dependable, trustworthy my mum's a bear and she's exactly all of these traits. So they're the individuals that just get get at what needs to get done, done. And then we have wolves and they're the more creative, eccentric individuals who are original and think outside the box and a bit of fun, a bit of risk takers. They're the ones that push boundaries, push limits, 
they're very they're very live in the moment and they aren't so concerned about what happens tomorrow they're more so interested in what's happening today I love that can you can you change so you can change yes throughout our lifespan we typically will change so when you're in your infancy you're a lion then you move into bears when you're a child then to a wolf when you're a teen then back to a bear when you're a adult and then back to a lion when you're in your elderly life (laughs) (laughs) adult yeah um then outside of that by sleep saboteurs so the things that are ruining your sleep this is a very easy way to shift chronotypes as well. So it's interesting because a lot of wolves, you know, when I speak to them, a lot of wolves, they're typically, they sleep the worst. They have the least amount of sleep. They suffer the worst sleep deprivation. Um, it's interesting because when I speak to them, I realize that many wolves are simply exposed to many sleep saboteurs. You know, they might be using devices really late at night or eating late at night or using alcohol, using excessive amounts of caffeine, sleeping in, taking long naps, taking late naps, using sleeping pills. All of these factors mean that independent of being a wolf, you are going to suffer with your sleep. And so when we work through those factors and then we you know, take away those sleep saboteurs, often they might, they fall towards the bear or even sometimes the lion chronotype who actually does sleep quite well because they're just simply not engaged in sleep saboteurs. So yeah, it's completely possible to shift chronotypes. Amazing. Now, our final question is coffee, right? I have this argument with people all the time in that coffee affects your sleep. And yet so many people will say, no, I can have a coffee at 11 o'clock at night and I'll sleep like a baby. So can you please bust this myth that you can sleep well after having coffee late at night or even after a particular time in the day? I like to use the science rather than my own experience, the science. So the research says that even one, even six hours before bed, so say if you are trying to go to bed at 10 and you have a bed, you have a coffee at four that you can shorten your sleep length by an hour and double the time it takes you to fall asleep. In addition though, other research has found that even two morning coffees can also compromise your sleep quality. So how to know if coffee is going to affect you and how potently is going to affect you often comes back to how sleep deprived you are because when you're sleep deprived your body releases more adrenaline after coffee after caffeine than it would in a well-rested state there's a dysfunction in what's called the brain's hpa axis which is the brain region to control adrenaline and cortisol release and when you ingest coffee or caffeine when you're sleep deprived you produce more adrenaline, so you're more alert and awake than you would if you had coffee and had slept well the previous night. 
So that's one factor is how sleep deprived you are. Another factor is, you know, you're just your, your tolerance level. If you usually have a lot of coffee and the, over time the body does have a tolerance to it and so it won't necessarily contribute to sleeplessness as much as if somebody who didn't, who never drank coffee, who then they had coffee. Rather than us, you know, rather than us thinking, you know, does it make an effect, does it not, I think it's more important to ask how well am I sleeping and how well do I want to sleep? Because if you are not sleeping well and you are drinking a lot of coffee, that is a super short short and sharp way to improve your, your sleep and potentially how alert you feel in the morning is simply remove that, you know, factor and see what difference it makes. And that's, that's, that's my advice, you know, rather than just question it and think, oh, you know, but it doesn't work, you know, I'm fine with coffee and then every night you're not sleeping well, well, maybe take it out for three days. You know, it takes 72 hours to detoxify from the body. So sure, the first two days are not going to be fun, but I kid you not, this is, I had this exact conversation with a client last week who was waking up five times throughout the night and drinking up to eight coffees a day. And so I said to him, he was like, you know, is coffee really that bad? I'm like, yes, it is for you. It's very, very bad. What's the minimum we can cut down to? And he said, I can cut it out completely. And I said, if you can cut it out completely, that, that would be fantastic. He did. And the first two days he said, well, absolute hell because he was tired. He was lethargic. But after those two days and throughout those two days, so in the evening, he went from waking up five times on average. Now he's waking up two times a night, whereas he was waking up five times a night for 10 years. And after those two days of feeling super fatigued, he said, quote, unquote, I feel bloody amazing. I don't remember this the last time I felt this good. Oh, that's so good. Oh, it was it was amazing. I was like, like high five to us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's such a good note to end our chat on, Olivia. This has been amazing. I'm like, who would have thought that sleep could be like so interesting? And there's just so much to it and so much to explore. And I really encourage listeners to take Olivia's survey as to whether you are a lion bearer wolf and also yeah the quiz that's what I meant not the survey quiz and also to grab a copy of her book so thank you so much Olivia for being part of making it count today thank you I am honored that you have had me on and before I go I just wanted to say thank you I'm very grateful for you to share space and time with me and to have me on as a guest and I hope this has made your day count. 100%. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared. I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count. Mm-hmm.